You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for Stick Together, a half hour of worker stories, union news and social justice issues. We come to you from 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation with respect to their elders past, present and emerging. We are coming to you on your community radio station on the Community Radio Network. On the 22nd of June, United Workers' Union, the UWU members at Australian Pharmaceutical Industries, API, in Dandenong, Melbourne, went on strike. Now, according to workers who have been working for API for up to 17 years, this is a novel experience. But enough was enough. After long hours and wage increases sacrificed during COVID, they wanted $2.25 increase per hour and an agreement that would prevent agency casual workers from getting paid significantly less than the permanent workforce of around 190 workers. This is not too much to ask, they believe, from retail giant West Farmers, who owns API, which recorded a profit of $2.35 billion last financial year, while the group's chief executive, Rob Scott, pocketed $8 million in that same year. On Saturday, July the 9th, families of the striking workers gathered for a barbecue and speeches to mark a fortnight on the grass. This David and Goliath fight is the fight that Australian workers have been waging to get wage increases in line with inflation instead of giving big corporations and their shareholders a free kick while the rest of the community take wages cuts to support their profits. We hear from workers, delegates, UWU organisers, Sally McManus, Secretary of the ACTU, the Australian Council of Trade Union and the local member of the area. But first, some union news. Media Entertainment and Art Alliance members volunteered to distribute pamphlets to audience as at the Australian Ballet Performance at the Saturday Matinee at the State Theatre Melbourne, outlining why ballet dancers have delayed the curtain rising at the performance in the Campaign for Fair Wages. The issues are outlined in a letter addressed to employers on the MEAA site. It says, During COVID, dancers at the Australian Ballet took voluntary pay cuts of up to 50% and wage freezes to help support their company. Now that dancers are struggling financially due to this sacrifice and the rising cost of living, management wants to end their commitment to keep dancers' wages in line with CPI increases. With only a 1% pay rise offer for 2023, ending this commitment will lead to a decline in real wages and threatened dancers' financial security. A typical dancer at the Australian Ballet earns less than $80,000. They typically work six days a week and spend about five months of the year touring. A 1% pay rise for 2023 with no protection against the high rate of inflation, just isn't enough to keep their heads above water. Industrial action is an absolute last resort as negotiations have stalled. 
The MEAA members are applying to their audience first to push employers to a fair deal. The Maritime Union of Australia has sent representatives to Canada to support their fellow waterfront colleagues on strike on the Canadian waterfront. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union, ILWU, began strike action on Saturday morning, July the 1st, saying that its approximately 7,500 workers would mostly remain off the job until an agreement is reached. They noted that it is the first time in nearly 30 years that there has been a broad port strike. The negotiations with the British Columbia Maritime Employers Association, the BCMEA, broke down for a number of days and restarted on July 10. The stop work action has crippled the port of Vancouver and port of Prince Rupert, key gateways for exporting the country's natural resources and commodities, as well as for bringing in raw materials. The union is demanding pay increases to address inflation, as well as to recognise the work put in by dock workers to keep the supply chain moving during the pandemic. They are also calling for a stop to outsourcing and limits on port automation. ANU buys $17 million of land despite crying poor in pay talks. The National Tertiary Education Union, the NTEU, representing workers at ANU, the Australian National University in Canberra, have lambasted ANU for a $17 million land purchase despite claiming it cannot afford to give staff a fair pay rise. ANU management has proposed a pay offer well below the National Tertiary Education Union's reasonable claims during enterprise bargaining. NTEU members at ANU have voted to go on a half-day strike on July the 27th, which is set to be the first time staff have walked off the job since 1999. NTEU ACT Division Secretary Dr Lachlan Koshny said industrial action would go ahead unless ANU could give the same priority to staff as it did multi-million dollar land deals. Results from a Monash Business School study show that glass ceilings exist and ethnic discrimination is particularly pronounced in the recruitment for leadership positions. Leeds researcher Professor Andreas Leichbrand of the Department of Economics of Monash Business School said it is the first ever study that examines the issue amongst leadership. During the two-year field research for the study, more than 12,000 job applications were sent to over 4,000 job advertisements in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane to investigate hiring discrimination against six ethnic groups for leadership positions in 12 different occupations. The results show that despite identical resumes, ethnic minorities received 57.4% fewer callbacks than applicants with English names for leadership positions. For non-leadership positions, ethnic minorities received 45.3% fewer callbacks. Ethnic discrimination for leadership positions was even more pronounced when the advertised job required customer contact but improved if the job emphasised the need for individualism or learning, creativity and innovation. 
Three applications were sent in response to each job advertisement, each including a resume of an applicant with an English name and the resumes of two applicants with non-English names. Six different ethnic groups were investigated by varying resumes with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, Arabic, Chinese, English, Greek and Indian names. All candidates were born in Australia, worked in Australia and went to an Australian school or university. To make recruitment fairer, the study recommends anonymous job applications in which the applicants' names are hidden in the initial recruitment phase to remove ethnicity from the equation and training recruiters to reduce ethnic discrimination and become aware of culturally endorsed leadership prototypes. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. The David and Goliath fight by workers at API, Australian Pharmaceutical Industries Limited, owned by West Farmers, for a $2.25 an hour increase and a fair deal for labour hire workers, has seen the workers, members of the United Workers Union, out on the grass for two weeks and counting. Thursday the 13th of July, we'll see a vote by workers for a substandard offer by the company. We report from a family day out at the site on Saturday the 8th of July where workers, their families and supporters gathered to reaffirm their commitment to a fair pay deal at API. First up, Tracy, a delegate at the site. Hi, my name's Tracy. I work at API that's owned by West Farmers. I'm a worker, but I'm also a delegate and a unionist. Okay, we're all out here on Saturday. Uh, There's going to be a barbecue, there's going to be speeches, but uh, it's been going on for quite a while now. We are starting into our third week now, um, and they keep on telling people that we don't want to talk, which is a load of rubbish. We'd be back in there if they just listened and gave us what we wanted, and it's not much. $2.25 an hour. Uh, There's two different redundancies. We just want the cap taken off one of them so everybody has a fair go. You know, we've got people living on the poverty line that work in there, and they're eating better at the picket line than they do at home. They won't turn their heating on, their cooling on. They won't buy food because they can't afford to. They're paying for their mortgages. So, and West Farmers, all they care about is their shareholders. Uh, you said that uh, there's, uh, you never thought you'd see the day. I never thought I'd see the day when API workers would take action. This is amazing. I've been in tears a few times. Just so proud of them. Really, really proud. If I had big arms, I'd give them all a cuddle. Mm. But yeah, really proud. And standing strong. Oh my goodness gracious me. Strong. Really strong. And what are you saying? That uh, they've got nothing to lose, really? They haven't. They haven't. They've got everything to gain. And they've realised this. They've got everything to gain. And also friendships that will probably never be broken. Tell me about the lead-up to this strike. Okay, so we started talks back in um, March. Our EA finished in March. Um, We had an incompetent people in there that kept all they kept on saying was, do you understand, and didn't want to talk. And that went on. And then it just stopped for weeks. They didn't want to talk. They didn't want to have anything to do with us. Then... Next minute they come back with the two Steves from West Farmers after protected action had been taken. I mean, they should have been there at the start. Mm. And this would have been all over and done with. We wouldn't be out here now if they just listened. What was the protected action you took? 
Um, first it was to um, not do any overtime, stop trucks, but it got es- it escalated that fast with management not wanting to talk. That we then went on to do a day off, two days, so a day off work, then work two days over the weekend to see if they would let people work to get some money in their pocket, um, then a day off, and then day back in working, day off, day back. It's just so that we could get some money. We also are a pharmaceutical wholesaler, so we need to let medications go out. We need to need TGA go out, PBS lines, fridge lines, um, private lines, DDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. we can't stop, and we've never stopped them. And, and so why do they say to you, do you understand? Have they got some idea that the people either are, uh, have got sub-intelligence or is, it, is there some reason for why they think the workers are incapable of understanding their own needs and uh, future? I don't know. I really don't know. And it kept on saying, do you understand? The union doesn't understand. Well, excuse me. The union are your workers, so are you telling every one of us that we're stupid, that we don't understand? Mm. I mean, I mean, come on, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, that's right. So when did when did you decide that you were actually going to go out in the grass? Ah, uh, we did that. We took it to a vote when they came back with a really bad bargaining agreement. Um, and we got a high vote to go out on the grass. So this now will be the start of next week will be our third week out. So this whole week we've been out every day and next week we'll be out every day until they come back to the table. Has the uh, age change of workers had an effect on uh, the um, uh, view of their rights? I don't think so. I don't know because I'm 62 and I have ladies standing with me because I work in the office section in their 60s as well. Then I've got somebody that's 23, didn't know anything about unions and oh my goodness gracious me, what can I say? I have another one, 27. Outstanding and it's really nice as a delegate. It's been, because I'm in the office, I've had to do things by myself, that I've got people that have got my back. And that takes so much mental pressure off you. You're not, you might be physically tired, you're not mentally tired. Mm. It's a big deal, right? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, it but is. You, as you said, your workers are staying strong. Can I have a word with some of your workers? Yep. Um, certainly. Now, this is a lady I want you to meet. She's okay. 27 years old. Amazing girl. When I said, you've got somebody's back. Hello. 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 Yeah, good. Hey, this is Anna. Yeah, I want. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hello. How you going? Good. Um, I'm from CCR, and apparently I need to talk to you because you you are a staunch um, <laughs> <laughs> person in this uh, dispute. Yeah, I am. I'm heavily involved in it actually, which has been really good. It's my first strike. I'm only 27, so it's. I've only been with the company for 15 months and really passionate about it. It's not just for one person, it's for all of us. Um, Even the ones that have gone inside, for whatever reason that is, they've crossed the picket line. Um, We're all out here for the same cause. We deserve this. 
Yeah, yeah, well, of course you do. You uh, deserve the pay increase and you also deserve equal pay and redundancies. Yeah, for sure. And there's no pride in not paying your workers what they're worth either. Um, you know, it seems that it's become a real pride battle with uh, Wes Farmers API at the moment. They're doing things spitefully and just for the sake of doing it, which is a real shame because there's absolutely no pride in that. What's What do you mean spitefully? Um, they're kind of digging their heels in and just not doing things for the sake of not doing it that we're not doing that because you're doing this or you're on strike we said we weren't going to bargain while you're on strike which is a breach of the good faith bargaining agreement anyway so um and yeah. and of course that's um really double dealing because they refused to talk to you when you weren't on strike exactly that's exactly right they left it for six weeks at the start when we first started bargaining they just ignored it for six weeks and then um it got to this point and now we're out on strike so you know uh, well you, you know uh they were saying that uh, people who had little understanding of the union or or the what a strike is um have now become had their eyes wide open uh, because of this yeah absolutely there was a lot of us out here um, that didn't really know too much about the union, didn't know too much about what industrial action means and what we can get, what the outcome will be from it. Um, and from us all being together and having discussions and the organisers from UWU being down here and having conversations with us, we're all very well educated now on, on how it works and it's great. Also that uh, the mainstream media is just beginning to report it as, oh, you've all gone on strike, but in fact they've missed the fact that this has been happening since March. Absolutely. They have absolutely missed that. Uh, mainstream media does tend to highlight, oh, they've just gone out on strike like this wasn't going on since March. There wasn't bargaining that was supposed to be happening since March that wasn't happening. Um, so it wasn't a rash decision. It wasn't a light decision, um, but it's something that has to be done, unfortunately. Can you tell me about how uh, about the um, uh, bonds that have been made and how important that is with each other? Extremely important. We spend so many hours a day with our workmates, our comrades and stuff. So, you know, upwards of eight hours a day we're together. It's so important that we have this bond and that we are united because this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to get across the line unless we're united. We all know so much about each other's lives now, which is wild. I didn't even know a third of these people before this. And now I'm out here fighting for their right to be paid correctly, have appropriate redundancies and fair pay for all. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, go UWU and go API. Hold the line. <laughs> what are your feelings about going on strike like this? I think it needs to happen, um, especially with the hard work that staff put in here over the pandemic. We The afternoon shift was here to 3 o'clock in the morning. The day shift was starting at about 4 in the morning. We were doing incredible hours. Um, when when COVID first came along, none of us knew a lot about COVID. We didn't know if it was risking our health or, or what. And But we still had to come here every day and every night. And at the time, the company, uh, we agreed to an extremely low pay deal at the time to help the management because no one knew what was going to happen to the world. And it was on a bit of a promise that after the pandemic, they would look after us very well with the pay rise. And here we are, and the pay rise was pretty mediocre, and it just seems like they don't care about us. So, yeah, I'm happy to be on strike. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, going on strike like this, uh, a big step, but it's a big community-building exercise, isn't it? Yes. Um, at night time, yeah, it can get a little bit boring on the picket line during the night, so I've gone for a bit of a walk just to yeah, entertain myself at night. And I've walked past a lot of the other factories here, 
and you get talking to people that are on their breaks out the front and they all support us. They all say, it's sort of like the worker is sick and tired of corporate greed. The big boys earning all the money while the workers get it for them. So they're, they're right behind us, all the other factories. Yep. Thanks for talking to me. Fantastic. Tell me about um, your reaction to this uh, action that's been going on at API. It's upsetting that it's had to come to this. I mean, all we're asking for is a fair wage increase to keep up with the cost of living, for our fair redundancies and same job, same pay for all workers. And it's just insulting that they won't give us that. Were you surprised? Extremely surprised. Um, especially throughout the COVID pandemic, we worked, um, we risked our safety and our health every day to service everyone in the community. Um, and they won't, they won't give us anything for that. Well, West Farmers is actually not struggling, is it? No, they certainly aren't. They're a billion-dollar company. Their CEO makes more in four days than the average API worker makes in a year. (laughs) I I was told by uh, your delegate that um, they kept saying things like, oh, do you understand, do you understand, you don't seem to understand, when in actual fact you guys actually do understand what's going on here. Yes, we understand exactly what's going on. They're trying to tell us that our... Our union is not telling us anything, that we we don't know what we're talking about. It's a fair offer. We are not stupid. We know how much money this company makes. We know how much money this company has. They need to show us some respect and give us what we deserve. Was it a big deal going on a stri- on strike? Yes, it was. This is I, I'm pretty sure this is one of the first times this has happened for our site. It's very upsetting that it's come to this. Are you glad that uh, people are coming out in support for you? Definitely. It's um, really encouraging to see how much support we've received from everyone in the community. It's really encouraged us to keep going, to stand strong, to stand up to these greedy corporations. My name's Anna Thwaites. I'm an industrial officer at United Workers Union. Can you give me a a perspective from the UWU's uh, uh, perspective on this strike at API? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, it's been been a pretty interesting strike for a few reasons. I mean, on... On the one hand, um, it's just really good to see union members insisting that they get wage increases that are consistent with the cost of living. A lot of the time, people are used to taking twos and threes with no consideration of what the actual inflation rate is at or what that means for them in their take-home pay. And this time, we've got you know, a really good, strong group of members who are saying, no, it has to be seven. We need to see a 7% wage increase. And they're up against West Farmers. Um, and... It's a really big fight, you know, it's a real David and Goliath sort of fight. The delegate here said that, you know, some people aren't eating because they've got to pay their mortgage, you know. They're not fending off the cold with heaters because that's too expensive. They know what this means. That's exactly right. We've had members who had their electricity switched off and this has been happening since before the bargain. Um, We're dealing with a company that made 2.35 billion net profit last year. and a CEO who earns in, in two days what these guys earn in one year. Uh, it's, it's disgraceful. At, at this point, the company's refusing to come to the table. Um, they're really just trying to starve people out, but we're not backing down, and we're not going to see our members back down. We need to see this through, and I think the country's watching, right? Our members all over the country are watching this, hoping that we can see members stick it together and fight and win a wage increase that allows them to have a, a decent 
dignified life. Okay, good afternoon everyone. How are you? It's so nice of you to have me here today. I'm Claire O'Neill and I'm one of the local members out here in South East Melbourne and I'm also the Home Affairs Minister in the Albanese Labor Government and I'm here today to tell you that your government stands with you in this huge fight. Sally McManus. Now as farmers, let's talk about them. We've heard about how much uh, they've made in profits and they're busy putting up prices way more than they need to for inflation. They're price gouging at the moment really badly. And why do they do that? They do it because they can. They do it because they can get away with it. Just like they will keep your wages low, they will cut your redundancy, they'll do all of those things if they can get away with it. And what you're doing is not letting them get away with it. Because I can tell you, they will move if they have to move. And they will move when you can see what's happening. The local management here has underestimated you. Underestimated you really badly. And it's going to be a bit embarrassing for them when they see after next Thursday, when that vote goes out about the EBA, the strong no vote against it. Now, I'm certain you'll deliver that. And that will be really important in terms of showing the unity and the strength of the workers here because those management have underestimated you and they need to be taught a lesson. They need to be reminded that they would not have those profits. They would be not doing so well as a company if it were not for you. And so standing up, making yourself heard, showing them that you are prepared to do this and stick together will earn you not just that pay rise, not just that redundancy, but respect that they will never be able to take off you. I'm here to um, bring the support of the whole trade union movement to your um, fight here, to your strike here. I know that it's hard, but what you're fighting for is right. You are suffering exactly what every ordinary Australian is suffering at the moment, and that is their living standards going backwards at the same time when these big companies are making huge profits, when their CEOs are being paid so much. But you know what? You're providing inspiration. Inspiration to every other worker that it can be done, that working people deserve cost of living increases, that we deserve to be paid fairly, especially when during the pandemic we all decided that we would take pay cuts or pay freezes thinking they would do the right thing afterwards. And when they don't do the right thing, we have to remind them that we are the working people of this country and we won't put up with it. And it's not just um, uh, people around the country that are in that situation. I bet all of the other workers around this area, in this community, are watching what's happening here. I bet they're thinking they have got the guts to stand up and fight. Yeah. You know what? We want to, we are inspired by what they are doing, the fact that they are prepared to do that and the fact when you win, you will send a ripple right here around this area, but not just around here, around the country, because people are looking for that inspiration, looking for the fact that we can stand up and fight and win. And I'll tell you one thing I know from industrial disputes and fights like this. They'll be thinking, they'll be all the time like they have underestimating you. That is their weakness. That is their weakness. 
if you are prepared to stick together one day longer than their resolve, one day longer than the local management who will be shown to their bosses that they'd underestimated you, if you're prepared to do that and not give up, you will absolutely win. And I have no doubt that this group of workers here, I have no doubt that you will. One day longer. One day longer. One Let me tell you of a sailor, Harry Bridges is his name. An honest union leader who the bosses tried to brain. He left home in Australia to sail the seas around. He sailed across the ocean to land in Frisco town. There was only a company union, the bosses had their way. A worker had to stand in line for a lousy dollar a day. When up spoke Harry Bridges, us workers got to get wise. Our wives and kids will starve to death if we don't get organized. Oh, the FBI is worried, the bosses, they are scared. They can't depart six million men, they know. And we're not gonna let them send Harry over the sea. We'll fight for Harry Bridges and build the CIO. They built a big bonfire by the Matson lines that night. They threw their pink books in it and they said we're gonna fight. You've got to pay a living wage or we're gonna take a walk. They told it to the bosses but the bosses wouldn't talk. They said there's only one way left to get that contract signed. And all around the waterfront they threw their picket line. They called it Bloody Thursday, the fifth day of July. Four hundred men were wounded and two were left to die. Oh, the FBI is worried, the bosses, they are scared. They can't depart six million men, they know. And we're not gonna let them send Harry over the sea. We'll fight for Harry Bridges and build the CIO. Now that was seven years ago, and in the time since then, Harry's organized thousands more and made them union men. We must try to bribe him, the shipping bosses said, and if he won't accept the bribe, we'll say that he's a red. The bosses brought a trial to deport him over the sea, but the judge said he's an honest man, I got to set him free. Then they brought another trial to frame him if they can. But right by Harry Bridges stands every working man. Oh, the FBI is worried, the bosses, they are scared. They can't depart six million men, they know. And we're not gonna let them send Harry over the sea. We'll fight for Harry Bridges and build the CIO. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.